0: Welcome to Energy Stew. This is Peter Roth, your host. And I'd like to ask you about animals. Don't you love them all? Don't you aren't you comfortable with every kind of animal on the planet? Um, just sit around with them or play with them and no no fears at all. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe some of them can get your goat. <laughs> And uh, we're going to look at that and understand that there are actually shadow animals. And we're going to look at them in depth because there's a book called Shadow Animals, How Animals We Fear Can Help Us Heal, Transform, and Awaken. And to know all this, I'm so glad to be uh, interviewing the author of Shadow Animals, Dawn Bauman Bronck. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly?
1: Broncky, long E at the end. Bronky.
0: oh, that's yeah. cool. Thanks for being on Energy Stew, and I'm so glad yeah. to have read your book and understood to understand why there are animals I'm afraid of <laughs> and why.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's not about the animals, it's about me. <laughs> So, which animals are you afraid of?
1: <laughs> <clears throat> well, one of my uh, one of my big shadow animals is alligator. Wow! And I've been working with alligator for a long while. Yeah, so we can go so more into wander. that if you want. But it's just you know we all have our own animals that we um, are fearful of or uncomfortable around. Right. And kind know? of the premise of the book is you know by better understanding those animals that we fear or dislike, we can better understand um, what we unconsciously fear or dislike in ourselves. So Alligator has been a great teacher for me. Wow, Yeah, I
0: can imagine, you know, when you say that, and I'm sure the audience listening will think about that. What is it that, you know, that we can learn from our fear of alligators? And, uh, and that's only one, Animal that you don't even spend that any real time on in your book, because there are more basic animal fears. Yeah. Uh, For instance, um, let's say rats.
1: Rats, (laughs) spiders, snakes—those are all you know um, popular shadow animals. Let's say, yeah.
0: Right, and uh, (laughs) popular. That's interesting. (laughs) So, so um, and you really start off in your book with arachnophobia, right. which is uh, a fear of spiders. Correct. And yet spiders are magnificent creatures. And they can teach us how to maybe weave webs of life
1: hmm we have webs of life they do the cosmic design huh some mm-hmm. some myths talk about uh spiders as the creators of the primordial alphabet so they're the ones that um can help us with patterns and with connections you know what's missing what needs to be connected what what about what threads of our life aren't strong enough what need reinforcing where are their holes there's so much about spiders that um well and this is the premise of the book is by learning about these animals that we fear or are you know uncertain about a lot of a lot of times phobias are kind of rooted in ignorance we just don't know about the animal we're just like i don't like spiders and we kind of close it off so by learning a little bit about spider how spider plays in in myth and legend what spiders do biologically and for our environment you know you start to open yourself up and you can shift that fear to fascination and right. once you move into fascination you know there's really a wealth of information and and emotion that can come up and and help you uh-huh.
0: and they're likely uh, most spiders are are likely um not dangerous
1: that's correct yeah and
0: but it's good to know which the dangerous ones are <laughs> yeah
1: yeah same with snakes you know there's relatively few venomous snakes but of the ones that are you yeah you want to take care
0: yeah and so, and snakes are another animal that you talk about a lot in your book mm-hmm. and and how it, it's there's so much that you talk about that has to do with the qualities of them and how we can transform our fears and understand that uh, yes, it, it's it's okay to be fearful of some aspects of different animals but what if we can learn to enjoy them i mean the most dangerous animal you get to it at the end of your book what's the most dangerous animal on the planet are humans
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so if we can live with humans we likely can live with these other animals
1: <laughs> humans are the final test huh <laughs> yeah. of, of our of our shadow animals yeah i agree right. with
0: you. And so, uh, there's so many we could talk about that it's great to do that. And some you know some people can't understand how they could be shadows, like dogs, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, i I grew up being afraid of dogs, mm-hmm. and when I would visit friends right through even high school. Uh, they would have to put their dogs in the basement while I was there, cause I, yeah. so frightened. And my granddaughter, I have a two and a half year old granddaughter. Well, she's frightened of anything other that moves, other than humans. <laughs> so uh, she'll get over that uh, at some point. But um, it, you know, we've tried to introduce her to friendly dogs, and she won't have any of it. So, uh, so I'm, you know, I know I, I have a lot of animal stories in my life that are um, that where things have been difficult and I was kicked by a horse when I was young and was afraid of horses for a long time mm-hmm. and and so you know and then uh, my my daughter-in-law uh, came to live with us for a year before my son before they were married but they they uh uh, they both had to live with us together in our house. And and the, the first day that she moved in, she went to the bathroom, opened up the lid of the toilet, and there was a dead rat in it. Wow. And how That's did it get there? <laughs> yeah,
1: how did it get there? Well, it right.
0: climbed up through the sewage, through, through the pipes. Rats are
1: incredibly persistent, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, but see, again what can we admire about rats and you know uh, there's a lot about rats that are are wonderful and and not only that they can they can actually be friendly and and pets they
1: can they can yeah people who live with rats i mean they just love rats and they'll tell you how smart they are and how clean they are and how how clever they are so yeah it's a completely different viewpoint once you um open your mind
0: and so many people are ignorant of that and just yeah. don't even want to know
1: right. about
0: any qualities. Because you know, I live in New York City, and you see rats running around in the subways and, and occasionally in the building and uh, in the parks. And, and I've, I've never felt that it's, it's harmful. They, they could be dirty, but so could anybody uh, living in uh, those circumstances. And and but but what about their survival? Aren't they the best at survival?
1: They're incredible. Yeah. Maybe maybe cockroach is a little better, but rats right up there.
0: Yeah, my gosh. But one of the
1: points of yeah. this is that we've been talking about is that, you know, everybody has a unique uh, set of shadow animals. We all have our own kind of individual uh, fears or discomforts. So, you know, me, I'm a dog person. So for, so to understand people who have um, a dog as a shadow animal, I mean, that's a real shadow animal for some people. And I had a very good friend, very afraid of dogs. So what is it in our makeup, in our um, early experiences, sometimes from our parents, um, you know, that makes us dislike one certain animal or be uncomfortable around them? That's well, I've done.
0: What I've is. done my best to be friendly with dogs
1: mm-hmm.
0: and- I, I think the biggest thing that that the, big, the biggest word for me with dogs is, is can I trust them? Mm-hmm. It's really about trust. And, <laughs> and so um,
1: that's really the theme of my dog chapter. I don't know if you remember that. It's called Trust the Terms. I know. And, and dogs are very much about um, you know because of their association uh, uh, evolutionary with with wolves you know, with a wild animal. So that kind of became domesticated and that whole um, uh, shift there from wolf to dog, some wolves to dogs and how we lived with dogs. And I think trust is a really key issue um, with dog as a species. Not that we can't trust it, that's the shadow side, and that we can trust it, that it's man's best friend. So there is this, this issue of trust that kind of runs the spectrum of dogs. Yeah,
0: so yes, it's and, it's right, a fascinating
1: and, uh, thing to think about, actually. Well,
0: that's very clear with me. <laughs> so, um, But I, I, I know how wonderful, loving, and, uh, and in love with dogs people are. And uh, so I, I really appreciate the purpose of dogs is to bring love to, mm. to people. Mm. And they're good at that. And what yeah. about cats, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a different pet. It's a different yeah.
1: focus altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell a quick story, if you'd like, about uh, my uh, my first encounter with the shadow animal was actually with the cats, with a cat particular cat. I was uh, with my mom and my sister. I was young, maybe nine years old, and we had gone to visit somebody, uh, a friend of my mom's. She had three cats. And I was never a cat person, I was, I was a dog person. I didn't dislike cats, but I just wasn't a cat person. And um, we spent the night and early in the morning, I went downstairs and um, uh, to get a glass of milk. And in front of the refrigerator was this gray cat, that, uh, a gray cat with beautiful green eyes. And it was looking at me and it was looking at me in a particular way, as if it was looking into me, as, as if it was seeing some part of me that I wasn't so sure I wanted to see. And right. all I remember is uh, running up the stairs, the cats running after me, I'm jumping onto my mom's bed and the cat never touched me, never harmed me, but and it, we we laughed it off, you know, Dawn's afraid of cats, ha ha, you know, it was, so it wasn't a big deal, but my body had a different reaction. And uh, several weeks later, I became very allergic to cats. I got, sne- you know, sneezy, the bad eyes, uh, itchy, would get a rash. And that, that continued through much of my life, um, uh, this allergy towards cats. And I found it generally easier to just avoid cats, stay away from them. Again, I didn't dislike them or hate them. or I was not fearful of them, but I needed to stay away from them. And so that was my kind of my first shadow animal. animal the cat was a shadow animal. And it wasn't until college that I started dreaming of a cat. A cat was on the top of a refrigerator. And then in another dream, it'd be on top of a table. And it would engage me in that same way. It would look at me as if it was inviting something. And now I was more mature, more spiritually mature. And it, was, it became a question for me. How do I engage this cat? What is this cat seeing in me? And so cat actually became a mentor. And I think, you know, hopefully, if you read the book, you'll realize that our shadow animals, animals we fear, can actually become very powerful and helpful animal guides or animal teachers animal yeah. mentors and mentors. Well, you were us.
0: challenged because the cat was seeing into you,
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: decided maybe there's something in me that I need to know better.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I couldn't do that when I was a child. I just didn't have that within me. But you right. know, through experience and growth, then you come to a point where um, you're, I was curious about that. What is it that I'm not seeing? Huh? What could that be? That's yeah.
0: fascinating. <laughs> but Well, that's really cats- the
1: whole thing about shadow animals is they're helping us to see things that we, um, we kind of can't see with ourselves, things we've judged, things we've abandoned, things that we're fearful of. So they can help us in that way if we're willing to be open to that, open to those experiences. Right.
0: And I'm thinking of bats mm. and and how bats can be frightening
1: mm-hmm. because
0: um, they they often they'll be flying together in ways that you you know you you put your hands on top of your head yeah. so they don't land yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and they 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 can hang upside down, so they see things differently. And uh and they often are in the dark.
1: They know how to see in the dark, huh? Either either visually, some some bats can see really well in the dark, and others use echolocation. So they use sound to see in the dark. That's mm-hmm. and that's foreign to us. You know, we don't we don't know what that's like. The that so radar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And some bats, you know, there's two main types of bats. There's the fruit bats, which are kind of cute looking, and then there are the the micro bats. Bats, which are the ones that use the yuck location that have kind of those gargoyle faces. They have elaborate nose leaves, and they have kind of those pointy ears. And, and I think those are the generally the bats that we're a little bit more afraid of because there is this kind of, uh, you know, gothic mysterious quality to them. You know, they're, they're creatures of the night. They, they sleep upside down in bridges, in caves. What are they doing in there, right? So there is this shadowy element about bats But as you say, when we start to open to that, we can be fascinated by all the things that bats um, do for the world in terms of pollination, in terms of pest control, but bat can also teach us a lot about going within. You know, think of those bat wings, you know, the way that they sleep um, kind of with their their own blackout curtain, right? So there's something to be learned with bat um, um, about, about the value of going inside, the value of introspection and seeing things, as you said, from different perspectives.
0: Yeah, and I, I was thinking of a time that I was in a cave, a cenote in Mexico, with friends, and we were wading through some chest-deep water, deep inside this cave, where, where there were bats, and it was total silence, mm-hmm. and it was completely black. And I think you mentioned that in the book that mm-hmm. deep in a cave, you can, and and so we were. We were in there experiencing this, being as still as possible, experiencing how black and silent it was. And it was unusually that. And and (laughs) I think maybe one of the the funniest things I've I've thought of is that all of a sudden I blurted out, we need to get a picture of this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) because
0: it was such a momentous time to be in that yeah. pure space
1: yeah. and then
0: to think that bats you know they seek that and they, they they love that
1: they're at home in the dark you know and that's again that's something we can learn for bats how to be at home in the dark you know for some people that's very scary initially but, but, but it's when also you move dark- into it as you expressed you know it can be powerful really yeah. powerful
0: But it's also about the darkness within ourselves, the the mystery and the places that we haven't been able to see yet.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: And so there there are so many. um, How about scapegoats?
1: (laughs) That's a whole subject unto itself, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) You know, scapegoat, we use that term to, you know, we kind of uh, make a person uh, a scapegoat. We put the 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 weight of the responsibility on that person and usually not deserved but scapegoats originally were literal goats and way 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 back in the day um it was something that sometimes villages would do would would take the commute their communal sin and kind of symbolically give it to a a priest or a you know religious figure who would put it onto a goat a literal goat and that goat, sometimes it would have red ribbon around its uh, uh, horns or it would have a silver necklace and it would be sent out into the wilderness away. And that was a way of getting rid of shadow. Oh, we're putting- Wow, we're
0: sending, I love that. Goat.
1: We're sending goat away, goat's the scapegoat. Right. Wow, I mean, does it really solve anything?
0: No. Well, it's, it's just <laughs> an alternative to uh, seeing oneself.
1: Right, right. It's just a delay tactic in my opinion, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can't deal with our shadow, so let's put it on a goat, put the goat in the wilderness.
0: And it's fascinating because I I never thought of goats in any uh, demonic way. Mm-hmm. But but I guess it's because of that history of putting our own demons into the goat, because the goat is horned and it's hoofs mm-hmm. and all, and you can start, you know, making drawings of this. Demon goat.
1: Yeah. And I mean one of the very early nature gods was Pan. And Pan was often depicted like that, you know, with the horns and the and the cloven feet. And it was the goat god, huh? And the goat god was full of I mean, many people, rural people, especially loved him because, you know, we dance and we fornicate and we have joy. <laughs> you know, he was just this nature god, right? Everything's open, everything's good. And you know, to um the establishment or the church, you know, that wasn't um that wasn't uh that wasn't a good thing. So Pan eventually became again, this is a much longer story that I do detail in the book, um, was moved from this kind of nature god, free loving nature god to more of a devil figure, more of a, you know, connection with sin and with bad things. And and um yeah, so that was a whole evolution of goat.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. And yeah. Um I Um, I enjoy (laughs) goats.
1: I do too. I love goats. Goats are incredibly curious. You know, it's so interesting, isn't it, Peter, to look at what animals, you know, like goats, their curiosity, how curious they are. And it really plays into our our human, uh, we can see a lot of our human selves in animals. So when we look at goats and we admire them for their, you know, their curiosity, their, they, they wanna explore everything. I don't know if you've ever been with goats for a while, but you know, they explore everything with their mouths and they, and they taste things and figure out ways to escape, they're great escape artists and, and things like that. So it's just so interesting to see, um, well, I guess what I'm saying is there's so many different aspects to any animal as well as the human animal. You know, so where are we putting our attention? Where are we putting our attention of fear? Where are we putting our attention of joy, you know?
0: Right, and and some of it is just natural to protect ourselves
1: mm-hmm. in
0: in the world. And then we can get carried away with, with extra fears, yeah. um, like uh, bugs, you know? Did it, yeah. uh, sometimes they bug me. <laughs>
1: the thing about bugs? Why do we call mm-hmm. it that, you know? It's interesting how we use that word, isn't it? You know, bugs bug us, but a bug is also, could be a virus, could be a, a problem with your computer, a bug, right? So we yeah. use that word very loosely to denote things that are little problems, little details or that are problematic for us.
0: But you also talk that about only 1% of bugs in the world are pests. So most bugs are not, you know, butterflies are not pests?
1: And most, you know, a lot of them have to do with pollination, with um, some uh, bugs eat other bugs so that they're kind of maintaining balance in our world. And yeah, there's there's so much about bugs that's, um, yeah, I think the pest aspect of bugs, which we think about with bugs, right? We tend to think that's a huge problem, but you're right, it's very, it's kind of a fractional part of, um, of, what they do in the world, huh?
0: I, I try not to, I try not to kill bugs.
1: You know,
0: I I do my best to maybe capture them and put put them somewhere else.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I, I think that the only bug that I feel I can be nasty with are mosquitoes, because <laughs> if I don't get them, they'll get me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but. I, you know, and cockroaches certainly we want to manage because uh, I've had some bad experiences with them in New York City apartments over yeah. many years of yeah, of the you get overwhelmed, you can get
1: overwhelmed. With the I, I was,
0: you know, at yeah. one point, and um, but nowadays I think there's better um, cockroach control in the city. So, uh, but it you know, it goes on and on with. Um, most animals, we can find something to be afraid about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> not necessarily want to hug all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think you know, like let's just take snakes for example. I mean, um, I learned a lot about snakes. My book before this one was called Awakening the Ancient Power of Snake, and it was brought on by a dream of an archetypal snake. Who felt its story had been lost, and so I really wanted to go into the story of snake, of how it was once, you know, kind of a um, a protector of 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 gods, of um, uh, royalty, the pharaohs. You know, it was a, really a very much revered animal, and its story had shifted over the centuries into one where most people now don't like snakes. Why is that? You know, so I was very curious about how that shifted. So anyway, I ended up uh, living with some snakes, two snakes, um, and um, I had a lot of dreams about snakes. And I remember one of the dreams was about a woman giving me a very large uh, uh, a constricting snake, a python type. And the snake was going around my body. I was on a chaise lounge kind of relaxing. and It was going around my body, and then it wanted to go around my neck. And I said, no. And I remember in the dream being kind of sharp about that, but being very clear about what my boundary was, was here was a snake. I didn't know it's not going to go around my neck, especially (laughs) so I think that there's something. And when I woke up from that dream, I thought that was a good lesson, you know, because Um, there are people who are all fuzzy and cuddly with all animals and they want to be like that, but hey, not all animals want to be our friends. It's not always appropriate to be, you know, um, uh, fuzzy and cuddly with all animals that there's animals need respect, just like humans do. We need our own space. And so there's something there about um, being clear about who we are and, and we can still um, uh, enjoy relationship, but we don't have to be you know
0: huddled up together. Yeah. I love that that we really can examine relationships with ourselves and the animal world to know ourselves better in all relationships.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: So we're getting near the end of the show. Uh, this is so fascinating and I love I love this book Shadow Animals and because it's it reaches deep into our psyches and it really helps us understand ourselves and our nature, our innate natures better. And, and so I, I'm really excited to have read it and, and um, I'll, I'll keep it close because cause it, 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 there's an archetypal nature to this that I think is very strong.
1: Thanks, thanks. Yeah. And, and one of the things um we didn't talk about the book, I'll just mention is I am a big believer in experience. So every chapter has uh, an exercise you can do to really learn more about your spell, about yourself. They're, they're usually animal inspired, but they're ways to go deeper. They're ways to kind of confront what you don't feel comfortable with in a safe way, you know, in right. a non-threatening way and, right. and work with deeper levels. Because I, I agree with you. I mean, the shadow is archetypal, right? It's, 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 right. it's, it's you know, it's, what we don't want it's our unconscious our subconscious yes right exactly yeah. can
0: only shadows can only exist when we invent them yeah right and so it's a very helpful book in, in, in those other ways too that you you know give us good questions to ask ourselves mm. and and so uh, how do people carry on with uh, get a book or get to a website or
1: what uh-huh. yeah my website is animalvoices.net and I have links you know, to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can get a copy from my publisher. There's a link there. So that's really the easiest way is www.animalvoices.net. <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Dawn Baumann uh, Bauman Brunke, Brunke. Brunke.
1: Brunke, yes, correct.
0: <laughs> OK. Thanks yeah. so much. It's been such a pleasure talking with you. I'm so glad that we could do this show together. and. Um, And I'm I'm grateful for your book.
1: Thanks. Thank you. And lovely talking with you. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. And this is Peter Roth, your host of Energy Stew at prn.live. I can be reached at uh, Peter at heartriver, H-E-A-R-T, river.org. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening.